0: Welcome to the Episode 7, Mason Race Canada 5 Recap Podcast. I'm Logan Saunders, and joining me, as ever, is the guy who always forgets to pronounce the E in guacamole, Michael Harmstone. Holy guacamole. <laughs> it's a, it's a, similar to the game uh, whack-a-mole, is what I hear. It's holy guacamole, where you just, you just give them uh, a lot of guac. And they're very happy moles.
1: That does sound like something that Amazing Race Canada would probably do as a face-off. Yes. mole And is it just
0: me, or does it feel like this season has been going on for eternity?
1: Do you remember at the end of Amazing Race 29 where I said, Oh, we won't be doing Amazing Race Canada 5, probably, unless something really changes. And you went, Oh yeah, we will do, because we need to be completionist about this sort of thing. Hmm, is all I have to say.
0: Yeah, like, Amazing Race 29, Amazing Race Asia 5, and even to a lesser extent, Amazing Race 28, none of those, all those seasons felt like it went by really fast. I think Amazing Race Asia and Amazing Race 29 both ran for, what, 10 weeks?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was 10 weeks, plus the, the pre-season fun stuff.
0: Yeah, so 10 weeks for both of those seasons, and those felt like it went by in a flash. Like, for Amazing Race Asia 5... I mean, maybe it was partially because I was preparing for my big backpacking trip, but man, it just felt like that season flew by in no time, and I was really involved with it, doing the podcasts and then the predictions, and I even did, I can't believe I even had time for this at the end of last year, but like a play-by-play breakdown on Twitter for almost every single episode throughout the season. And I know like this Mason Race Canada is one week extra, but... We're seven weeks in, and it feels like it's just... It feels like the season's end is just nowhere in sight. It's It feels like it's going to be forever to go through the remaining four weeks.
1: Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that we love talking about Amazing Race. But, God, we don't want to talk about this season any longer.
0: I mean, this... I mean, in terms of, like, Canadian legs overall, like, this wasn't... This isn't even the worst one for this season, it was one of the better locations they've had in quite a while, but it was its it,
1: it was still a rough go. I think it's actually worse when we have a boring episode like this than a, a rubbish episode like last week where we just ended up saying the word "asshole" a lot and making inappropriate jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually worse for us to talk about, is the boring legs where... There's actually not that many jokes to be made.
0: How much of Corey's urination is going to occupy this podcast? Spoiler alert: probably a lot. <laughs>
1: that pissed me off.
0: And here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we still have, yeah, like we still have the one. I presume Panama is going to be the only remaining international leg, and I don't even really remember. I only remember where the final leg is going to be for this season, and I don't even remember where the like the the penultimate and the leg before it is going to be.
1: I know for certain where the final leg is, because it's not the first time they've been there, spoilers. Mm-hmm. I think I know what rough area the the remaining two legs are, but I don't know for certain. I have a feeling you're about to look that up. No, I'm I'm just double-checking whether they've actually confirmed that it's four more legs. I think they have.
0: You think it might be less?
1: No, it's at least 11. But they've confirmed the finale date you know.
0: Yeah, finale date is the 12th. And something that I guess we can confirm now is that um, they didn't do this last year, and for sure they're not going to do it this year, but it seems like for now, from now on we are not going to get that mid-season reunion special.
1: Oh, oh no.
0: So if you were looking to have more scenes of Laura and Jackie from Amazing Race Canada 2, Prepare to be disappointed, you will not be hearing from the random invisible teams that did not get much of an edit and were eliminated early uh, from now on.
1: Well, the good news is that the uh, After the Race special has been confirmed to be an hour again, because that's exactly what we need.
0: And at least it's not James Duffy this year, it's uh, four people from the social, so we're not going to have an over-the-top amount of sports references and stuff.
1: Give them their proper title. The harpies. The shrill harpies from the social. Who actually weren't that bad to be fair to them last year.
0: No, they are actually it was the best reunion show they ever did was the one at the end of last season.
1: To give them their credit, as much as they are the butt of a lot of jokes, they weren't terrible. <laughs> That's as much as as much enthusiasm as I can give to Amazing Grace Canada right now. Yes. Given that even though it's an international leg next week, the press pictures look crap again.
0: At least it's an international leg. It's kind of funny that they're going to Panama right after... Like, it would have been different if they did Panama when Amazing Race US hadn't done Panama since Season 19. But the fact that the American version just revisited it just a few months ago. Well, I guess technically over a year ago because of the hiatus. But just the fact that they chose to do it so soon after Amazing Race 29 is kind of hilarious.
1: Well, I think we both know that they didn't really choose to do Panama. They were kind of forced to.
0: Yeah, because the original this was the leg that was supposed to be in Kenya, right?
1: It was indeed. We we're going to get our first readers of Kenya since season five.
0: Yeah, and I guess Panama was probably the easiest one, the easiest locations to book on book last minute, especially with its uh, close proximities to Canada compared to other countries. Although I guess something like a place like Australia probably would have been easier to. Do the legal logistics and stuff for it, for it being a commonwealth country.
1: But also then they would have had to spend more money, and we can't have Amazing Race Canada actually spending money on things, can we?
0: Yeah, so yeah, I guess Panama was probably one, other than Cuba, other than doing Cuba again, it's probably one of the cheapest countries in uh, Central America to visit. Maybe Nicaragua would have been cheaper, but probably less politically stable in contrast to Panama.
1: And weirdly, Panama has never been visited by any mole season. Nicaragua has.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Holland did El Salvador and Nicaragua in the same year.
0: Has any other version for Amazing Race visited Panama? I guess, like, the South American version probably has.
1: Yeah, the South America one definitely has. I'd be surprised if uh, Hammeros hasn't. Maybe that's an Amazing Race version we can cover.
0: Yeah. Well, we just have to learn Hebrew. Cut to Lisa Simpson from (laughs) saying, Bart, I'm not going to learn ancient Hebrew! (laughs)
1: All we need is just some kind soul to actually sub it for us.
0: Which I guess Justin, off of Justin Diana, thought he found somebody who was going to do it, but then that guy never did. So far, as far as I know, the only English subtitles for Hamrot Lamillion is the first ten minutes of the very first episode.
1: Although having said that, looking at the Wikipedia page, the first seven legs have been confirmed. Wow, is all I have to say. For Hamrot's? Yeah. This is Hammerout 6, eh? It is. Hammerout 6 starts next month. For filming? Well, they've, they've filmed it already. They filmed it in May and June. Okay. But um, it looks like they're going to um, two places in the US again, then Mexico, then Colombia, the Netherlands, and Russia. Hmm. Which places in the US? Uh, New York, which we knew about, and Honolulu. Oh, okay. Man, that's a, they have a big budget. They really do. Because Honolulu has only been visited by one other international version, I think, which was France. France did a whole Hawaii-themed leg, including the the detour of shaved ice. Speaking of Hawaii, the American
0: version used to love going to Hawaii, either for a finale or just before the finale, and they haven't done that since season 20?
1: Yeah, season 20 was the last one, but they tend to go to either New York or LA for, for either now, don't they?
0: Yeah, it's always been that way for either the starting line and or the finish line each season. But yeah, like uh, it was always Hawaii or Alaska in the early days of Amazing Race, either as like a halfway point or the actual finale itself, but they've really cut back on it. Probably because they've been everywhere <laughs> between those two uh, limited locations.
1: Yeah, short of getting them on a, a boat going down Glacier Bay National Park or whatever, they've probably done most of it now.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, they did They, they it did a lot. I know Season 2 and 4 alone did uh, Hawaii. 14 obviously did. Yeah, 14 finished in Hawaii, and then it was 20? Yep. And, oh, Season 11 had the halfway thing in Hawaii as well. And Oh, yeah, Season 3. Probably because it's the easiest place to do all the crazy adventure stuff uh, right at the end. Yeah. All the big stunts that would be tough to have 11 teams do. So, yeah. Let's talk about this episode. Let's cut from, you know, places around the world, and let's talk about Western Newfoundland.
1: Do we have to?
0: Or, actually, there was a bit of controversy, because John Montgomery pronounced it the same way as a lot of us do, saying Newfoundland, when it's really Newfoundland. You really gotta re-emphasize the ending.
1: Newfoundland.
0: Yeah, not Newfoundland. Newfoundland, I guess, is the way to pronounce it to irritate all the Newfies. But that's just the Canadian way of speaking, though. It's just a... You know, it's like saying uh, Atlanta instead of Atla- Atlanta.
1: <laughs> it's a hilarious running joke at my dentist, because I've just been to the, the dentist before we started recording this, and the every single time when I go, the hygienist will always be someone different. And the dentist is usually someone different as well. I don't know who the dentist I saw was today. All I know is that he was Canadian, because he was very, very Canadian. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sorry for drilling a hole in your teeth. Sorry for keeping me waiting. Oh, I forgot the anesthesia. Actually, what he said, because it was just a check. He was like, "Oh, sorry for keeping me waiting.
0: <laughs> Probably an expat or something. or married somebody in England.
1: It just made me giggle.
0: Was he drinking Tim Horton's coffee in between, uh, you know, just in between like, oh, I'll be right back. Or second cup, I guess. Um, anyways, so this episode. <laughs> um, previously... Confusion took over a three-team alliance, Adam and Andrea won another leg, Kevin and Ryan battled to make the grade, and also battle to get more airtime for Johnny Mustard, and then Andrea and Ebony were saved for the second time this season. And then we are taken through the intro, Adam and Andrea depart at 7.52am, and they find out, oh, they're going to western Newfoundland, and we will be visiting Cornerbrook. Lucky them. They haven't done Newfoundland in a while, like since the first season they had a full leg in Newfoundland, and then this season, it's, re- it's really odd, people were commenting on this too, that they had the starting in Newfoundland, just like one task, and then they were taken away, and now they're going back to just being probably a couple hundred kilometers from the starting line. What up with that?
1: Yeah, I th- I think production maybe thought, ooh, maybe Megan and Courtney will go first. So we need to make sure that they don't just go to Newfoundland. Yes.
0: Give them more places to visit. Give them Fort Mac and Vancouver.
1: And then um, they cast uh, Aaron and Deb just to make sure. Yeah. At least you guys went from coast to coast. But um, I also love how after I released last week's... Maybe slightly controversial podcast. I think it's one of our our more interesting podcasts that we've ever done. Um I do like that after we released that, it got into people's heads that actually yeah, maybe the Johnny Mustard thing was not as spontaneous as they think.
0: Yeah. It was not it was the exact opposite of spontaneous, it was very well
1: planned. Yeah. It was very, very, very well planned.
0: Yeah, and for once, the location they visit in Canada They're able to tie the tasks into it by having a Viking task eventually this leg, and then the rest
1: of it, not really, not very (laughs) Newfie. Yeah, maybe they could have, you know, flown them to a Scandinavian country and had the Viking task. No, you can do it right
0: here in your home, Michael. Come on now. And yes, it is true that the Vikings were the first people to really colonize Newfoundland. So it was kind of neat to see that task. I'm not going to be completely uh, down on this leg. But the rest of it was like, wow, any time they go to a remote location either in on the east coast or one of the islands or on the west coast or in the territories, there's always some sort of paddling task. You know, you need that scenery on the water. And what do you know, the detour does feature paddling. Yes, detour, yes. Paddling and Vikings. So yeah, so at the start of this leg, we hear the infamous hat trick statement that we hear almost every season whenever a team wants to go for three consecutive leg wins. It's a It's an Amazing Race Canada tradition that dates all the way back to Jet and Dave. And then Sam pulled apart at 8.32am. And, of course, Sam mentions the suspense of waiting to see if he gets into med school. Spoiler alert, that gets resolved by the end of this episode. And it's throwing off his game. And then we get this random, yeah, from them too, which I wrote down.
1: Yeah, we're going to Newfoundland. The first time anyone has ever been excited about going to Newfoundland. (laughs) Yes. before the summer.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to Newfoundland not only in the middle of April, but at the start of May, too. <laughs> well, screw you, July and August.
1: Um, it's Canada's kind of favourite summertime of adventure, though, despite the fact that it was filmed in the dead of Newfoundland winter.
0: Yeah, even that leg, even with the, it looked like the best day Newfoundland has that time of year, and it still looked miserable there. It wasn't as windy as the starting line, so I guess the three weeks... Did make a big difference, but it went from being terrible to bearable.
1: <laughs> yeah, so not as bad.
0: <laughs> to not yes, um, and then Corey and Ivana depart at ten a.m. Um, then Karen and Bert at ten o two a.m. Other the way around. And Kevin and Ryan
1: at what? Is the other way around? Corey, and Ivana, in fourth.
0: Oh, okay, whatever. There's too many. I just do the initials for the two for the teams. As do so I. So there's way too many Ks. There's Corey and Ivana. Um, Karen and Bert and Kevin and Ryan all in a and they all departed in a row
1: yeah uh, just going back to the the Sam's medical thing I'm not a big fan of teams getting messages from home at the risk of sounding like Michelle I'm not a big fan of these repeated video clues of oh we love you it's like it takes people out of the race I don't want to see people get out of the race I want to see people win Mm -hmm. I want to see this sort of thing ruin Sam's race occasionally
0: I didn't mind like the Finish Line Sprint Phone thing with like see it was season 10 and 11 just because both of those sprint conversations produced hilarious moments with Tyler and, Tyler off of Tyler and James with his uh, mom saying, "What?" <laughs> Even though she knew full well that the only reason why there's cameras in her house and the reason why she's receiving a phone call is because her son just won the amazing race. And then Eric's conversation with <laughs> Jeremy which ruined the whole idea of emotion at the end of a season. (laughs) Bro, we won All-Stars! But unfortunately, because it's mid-race, all these conversations are really over-the-top emotional. And there's very few uh, funny moments within them. So it it takes us out of the episode. It's like, yeah, I guess that's kind of cool that Sam got into med school. They couldn't even say what med school he got into, because the university probably didn't pay for an a sponsor spot on Amazing Race Canada. So all that Sam's mom could say is, you got into the med school of your first choice. (laughs) Imagine if he gets some and she's like, and she's like, oh yeah, you got into this school. And then he's like, that was not my first choice, mom. That that was nowhere near it. That was my first realistic choice.
1: The good news is that Amazing Race Canada 6 will probably visit Sam's med school when they do pay for a sponsorship.
0: Yeah, it's like the BMO Make-A-Wish thing, or whatever it is, and they (laughs) visit Sam at his med school. We helped pay for all of Sam's tuition, all $200,000 that he's going to have to spend to go to med school.
1: Yeah, but, like, Hammerots does this occasionally, of having messages from home halfway around, and Amazing Race Australia did it. I'm not a huge fan of it, because, like, I don't care. At all. They see these people, like, a week later.
0: Amazing Race Asia 4 had a funny one, if I recall correctly. Oh, no, they had two of them, because... Oh, yeah, Mason Race Asia 2. Mark and Revilson's call from home was from a contestant who would be cast for Amazing Race Asia 3.
1: And also, this season, it sort of ruins it with the fact that Kevin and Ryan had that set up with their brother last week. That sort of takes any emotion out of family messages.
0: Right, it'd be like, oh, there's there's Johnny Mustard
1: again. He's just...
0: (laughs) we just saw him yesterday.
1: Yeah, it sort of (laughs) takes the emotion out of family messages when literally, you saw a member of your family the day before. I will
0: say the highlight of the whole thing was seeing Ozzy the dog just jumping around, trolling the whole video message, (laughs) just wanting attention.
1: Yeah, but contrary to popular belief, dogs can't talk. They might be able to fly planes and play basketball, but they can't talk.
0: (laughs) They need a talking dog, I think, for the next uh, call from home. That's the only way you're going to top it.
1: And yeah, teams have $450 for this leg of the race in Newfoundland.
0: Did you read? I guess um, somebody was saying on Reddit, they looked this up, and for Amazing Race Canada, it's surprising because re- it very rarely happens where somebody knows something about the race that we don't know. And they said that the contestants have to give back the money at the end of each leg. Really? Yeah, that's what they were claiming on the Reddit page.
1: That's interesting.
0: So that's why when Andrew and Ebony got, uh, had to give up, uh, when they got. Uh, Hustled in the Chinese taxi, that production was freaking out because, I guess, if you were just a if it was a regular season, they would in fact have had a lot of money as backup, and they would have to be really stupid to give up that much money to a Chinese taxi. But I guess it was just the money for that leg of the race, which makes a hell of a lot more sense when you think about how much money they've gotten for each episode.
1: Yeah, what do they do when it comes to um, like the double length leg in China? Well, they gave them that yen, remember? Yeah, but like, do they have to give that money back?
0: Maybe not in a double length leg. Because they got the Canadian dollars, then they were given the yen. And there wouldn't have been time to surrender your money before you had to take off instantly. And we need to go back and see if all the $1 and $2 legs, the loony and toony legs, have in fact all been self-drive legs. Which I think the loony leg was, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it has. Because the Ottawa leg was one dollar, and that was wasn't
1: that all self-drive? Well, they had to they had to get to Rickenback Falls or whatever it was called, and then it was self-drive from there. Hmm. And when it was just one dollar last leg, yeah, yeah, it was definitely one dollar last leg. So I think someone might be wrong.
0: Yeah. So Andrew and Ebony did just waste that much money on a taxi. Hmm. I'm gonna have to look into this further because that's a pretty big claim to be certain about that. Team that the Canadian teams have to surrender all their money at the end of each leg. Like, where do they hear that from in the first place?
1: Do some research.
0: Probably just ask Wayne. Wayne would probably know something like that.
1: And, yeah, everyone thinks that Andrea and Ebony got eliminated in The Last Leg. And Ebony is pissed at Corey and for u-sending them.
0: Even though she was planning to U-turn them. She can't stand fake people that she's about to U-turn, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Just another one of those funny unintentional moments from Andrea and Ebony, where it's like, you're thinking, Okay, Andrea and Ebony, just pause for a second... And think about the words that that came out of your mouth.
1: It is a little bit ironic. Yes.
0: (laughs) I can't stand fake people. That we desperately wanted out of this race. (laughs) And then we get the awkward confrontation with Adam and Andrea. Which wasn't as awkward as the previews made it out to be. Because Adam and Andrea apologized the whole time and said, Oh man, we feel so horrible. Which you can tell by the look on Andrea's face that she genuinely did feel horrible that... Well, I mean, I think Andrew and Ebony still would have been in last because Kevin and Ryan beat them by 50 minutes. And I don't, I think Karen and Burt still would have beaten them as well. So I don't think the U-turn really impacted who came in last last leg. But it is kind of funny that uh, Adam and Andrea were, genuinely felt horrible about uh, screwing that up.
1: Yeah, I think Adam and Andrea did actually feel bad about this happening.
0: Mm-hmm. And I bet, and I bet they would have done something for Andrew and Ebony this round if they asked for a favor.
1: Oh, almost certainly.
0: Which probably would have been enough to save Andrew and Ebony, given how the face or the double battle was essentially an equalizer this leg, semi equalizer.
1: We're gonna get there, but the double battle is crap, isn't it?
0: It was. It did not get much airtime. We, uh, I think, we only saw about one percent of the double battle uh, from each round. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. We get the special, they refer to the clue at the BMO branch in Cornerbrook as the special clue, and they uh, self-drive all the way to the BMO in Cornerbrook, messages from home. Do we really need to, I have nothing to say about the calls from home other than what we said earlier. Nope. Was there any other unintentional funny moments from the calls from home?
1: Nope, I have exactly one note for this area of the episode, which is, Sam gets into med school, definitely not a setup. up <laughs>
0: You know what would be great is if next season, uh, Sam and Paul come back for All-Stars, they get the same call from home, and it's his mom saying, uh, Hey Sam, uh, we just heard back, and you flunked out of your first year of med school. And then they can use the same crying footage that Sam and Paul had this round of him getting into med school. <laughs> and they also want the, want, and plus you still haven't paid all the tuition for the second half of the first year. I hope that 15 day trip to China will cheer you up. <laughs> and then uh, let's see. Oh, we get a lot of givers. We got a lot of givers during the phone call from home and just... How many givers were there in this leg, Michael? I know last
1: last week was 14? There was only three. And on that note, I was incredibly proud of the fact that there was the same amount of the word arsehole as there was of giver. <laughs>
0: so what's our running total now?
1: Uh, about 50 bajillion. What's the real total so far? It was 14 in week one, 2 in week two, 6 in week three, 4 in week four... None in week five, fourteen last week, and 3 this week, which gives us a total of 43.
0: 43 through 7 episodes, which is an average of 6? Just over 6 per
1: episode! Just over 6 per episode, yeah, including the fact that they had a 0 in there. There's been more givers than footage of Laura and Jackie. And that's the second joke about Laura and Jackie you've made this this week. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we pick Charlotte and Nabila from that season.
0: Damn it, I was trying to not mention Charlotte and Nabila. And you ruined it.
1: Story of my life, I ruin a lot of things.
0: Yeah, let's see. Uh, So yeah, and then of course we get the unison giver of, what was it, four people saying giver at once in the video message from home, and I'm pretty sure Ozzy barked the word giver. They also need a parrot for when Kevin and Ryan, God forbid, do All-Stars, and there's like uh, like five parrots along with the family members, and all the parrots are trying to say, giver,
1: giver, giver, motherfucker. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's like Sergeant Dokes from Dexter Give her a motherfucker
1: <laughs> You really think that they would be Invited back for All-Stars
0: <sighs> Nothing Amazing Race Canada does anymore <laughs> Would surprise me
1: Because I don't think that the public reaction to them Has been overwhelmingly positive
0: It's getting increasingly positive Though, that's what worries me
1: Well that's because they're going to win
0: We've had now two episodes in Newfoundland One on each coast From the coast to coast of Newfoundland but I don't have. They done anything in the Labrador part of Newfoundland, like on the mainland?
1: Didn't they do something in Labrador in the penultimate leg of Major Race One, Major Race Canada One?
0: Oh, they might have. I
1: think they took a ferry from Newfoundland to Labrador.
0: Okay, did a uh, task there or something? Yeah. Okay, so they've they've really covered they've really covered Canada. Yeah. What would amaze me the most is if they're able to do another leg in Nunavut. Because that was a very isolated leg. Do you remember that episode, Michael? I do. It was the one with the
1: roadblock of eating the whale
0: blubber. Yes. PETA loved that one. But yeah, there was was nobody in the Nunavut leg. There's only one person for every 65 square kilometres or something ridiculous, I think it is, in all of Nunavut. Nothing Amazing
1: Race Canada has ever done will surprise me now. So let's see.
0: Um, And as soon
1: as teams get their
0: clue... They have to go to Gros Morne National Park, and there, once they get there, the National Park is probably the coolest visual I've seen in all of Newfoundland. Um, Once they get to the National Park, the detour is Find Your Dory, or Family Story. Find Your Dory is your basic paddling task, retrieve your clue from the lobster trap, then return to shore. And then Family Story it's a classic memorization task, one of many this episode, where teams have to remember a bunch of oral stories, including one from Zag Galifianakis, and then put together a family tree, which is one of the more unique memory tasks, but still a memory task where can and nonetheless.
1: It is, and also the detail was incredibly imbalanced. That paddling
0: task seemed a hell of a lot easier.
1: Yeah, it took about five minutes.
0: Ten minutes if you're Corey and Ivana, because, well... Fifteen minutes because five minutes of it is Corey paddling by himself, and it's kind of funny that Corey and Ivana, you know, you're supposed to, like Ivana didn't do paddling until after Corey had to go to the bathroom. So the first half is him vigorously paddling to get to shore or to get to the lobster trap just so he could piss. And Ivana does not help at all. So he's like, oh, "Gotta get there fast. Gotta get there fast." <laughs> the 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 streaming water is not helping. And then as soon as he's all relieved, then Ivana pitches in and takes them to shore. And this was a very Big Brother Canada-esque scene to watch, sp- including the sound effects for it, too. The oonz, 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 uh music that played.
1: I mean, this brought back flashbacks of um, of Sally and Tyson.
0: Yes, but it was never... They didn't use, you know, EDM... Before far when Tyson was urinating in the woods
1: At least it was a rock formation Rather than a Russian staircase Or whatever it was that Tyson pissed on <laughs>
0: Yes Or if you're Herb uh, from Amazing Race 15 and 18 And 24 Then you just uh, Piss outside of a national Onto a national library
1: Isn't that one of the many reasons That people hate the Globetrotters
0: Yes, yes it is The fact that they pissed on a UNESCO site <laughs> Remember, Michael, when we were in Amsterdam and went to all the Amazing Race locations, what if we went to Vienna together and tried to find, like, the urine stains of flight time in the middle of Vienna? It's like, oh man, Amazing Race history was made here.
1: Well, the great thing is, like, two and a half months after we went to Amsterdam, I did actually go to Austria, I went to Salzburg on my own before meeting up with you in London. Right. And uh, I couldn't be bothered running up all the, the hills to find the right castle that the pit stop was at but i went to salzburg nevertheless yes and also cory Nirvana were nearly taken to a unesco world heritage site uh in bangkok or in Ayutthaya, to be more precise oh yeah
0: and the taxi when they were going the wrong direction
1: yeah because Ayutthaya itself is entirely a, uh, a world heritage site
0: entirely
1: yes deliberate pun
0: yeah lol would be so happy
1: and paul says that he's rode before
0: it's, it's a good thing that Lowell can still listen to this podcast. It's a good thing that he's uh, blind instead of deaf.
1: Yeah, I am considering introducing audio description for the podcast, so... Yes. Logan says something unfunny. <laughs> Michael sighs. Yes, Michael does not want to cover this shit show of a season anymore. <laughs>
0: um, my god, I have nothing else to really... S- I have the most boring notes for this episode, for a good chunk of it.
1: Yeah, on the plus side, we we do have some fun moments from this detour. Like the fact that Iv- Ivana doesn't know what ores are, for example.
0: Yes, did Corey, Corey and Ivana turn into uh, Dan and Ria by not knowing what an ore is? But the thing is, in Ivana's defence, she was born in Serbia. English is not her first language, and if she's in the gym and never goes out paddling, then she's not going to know what an ore is. Meanwhile, Dan and Ria have been born and raised in Canada and have absolutely no excuse as to why they don't know what an or is.
1: I thought an or was someone who hangs around on a street corner on weekends.
0: Yes, yeah, never. We, do, we don't pronounce the H. It's like it's like Spanish.
1: It's just like we were pronouncing Newfoundland wrong. We, we were also pronouncing Hull wrong. Yes, um, and uh, let's see what's an or. Oh,
0: yeah, I have a really inappropriate joke about the detour, and it doesn't involve Corey. Everyone, all the teams were given yellow raincoats. So uh, I was thinking, man, that would have been really uh, misleading for uh, Kevin and Ryan when they were told that they'd have to put on a yellow raincoat. Cause they probably were so stupid about it that they thought it was some sort of uh, Chinese condom. This is a level we stoop to when it's this bad an episode.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, and the only reason why I even saw this joke in my notes, I was just like skimming through, and then I saw, I wrote down the words Asian condom joke, and then I had to read the lines before, I'm like, I don't remember an Asian condom joke. And then I remember,
1: oh yes, yellow raincoats. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one other moment from the VMO task, Karen has a particularly understated reaction to seeing her daughter on a screen. Apparently, Karen and Bert. Are going to be so lost after
0: the after the season is over that their daughter will be a teenager by the time they find their way back to Edmonton. It'll be like Odysseus trying to get back from the war.
1: This is what happens when you take directions from Andrea and Ebony. <laughs>
0: yes. Adam and Andrea Andrea or Andrea and Ebony, how do we Well, Adam and Andrea too, I guess, in the early legs. How do we get back to Edmonton? Oh, you just go east. Damn it. <laughs> Damn
1: it, guys, the crazy Quebecois. Yeah. Oh no, we've hit Newfoundland. <laughs> and also, Adam and Andrea's choice of detour was entirely motivated by the fact they're from an Italian family, and Adam saying Italia made me laugh a lot.
0: Yeah. familiar
1: Italia. <laughs> he looks so pleased with himself. Yes. And
0: then, of course, they actually get through this task fairly quickly. They preserve their position.
1: Yeah, they um they leave in second.
0: Yeah. So, the the detour wasn't
1: imbalanced as we thought. No. I'm assuming the north side of the detour was a lot nearer than the the paddling side. What's surprising
0: for Yvonne is, after she asked what's an oar, that that did not prompt her to choose the other side of the detour. If you don't know what a thing is that you're about to use, you may not be well equipped to perform that task.
1: Isn't oar her nickname for a partner? Sorry, that's core. Core, yes. Now the K is silent. You're just dropping letters left and right, Michael. I am. Dropping assholes last week, dropping letters this week. <laughs> yes. Also, before they attempt the detour, Andrew and Evie have their speed bump, which is a typically useless task. So they have to shoot a bow and arrow and score 25 points combined to continue on to the detour. And this is just where it gets filthy. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> My next sort of five notes are just out-of-context dirt quotes now. And before we get to Andrew and Ebony at the speed bump, what about Maidan's Dunn's hair?
0: Um, In the video message from home, she has amazing hair. Uh, That was Ebony's mom, I believe.
1: But at the speed bump, Ebony does say, I don't understand why it's not going in.
0: Yes. (laughs) And then then I even wrote down that Ebony has cheek strains when she tries to pull back the bow.
1: Yeah. Have you ever... Tried using a bow and arrow. Uh,
0: man, fifth grade. Does Wii Sports count? Does Wii Sports
1: Resort count too? No. What about uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games? No, the only thing that counts for Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games is that wonderful video of Bowser doing rhythmic gymnastics, which if you've never seen it's awesome. I'll have to play that mini game as Bowser. <laughs> it's the best. Nintendo themselves tweeted out a clip of it because it is just awesome. <laughs>
0: My uh, leotard is in another castle, guys.
1: Twiddly-dee, twiddly-dee, dee And also at the speed bump, Andrea says, Nice, deep breath, get it in, nice and slow. Yes, get it in. Just get it in there. It'll be smooth. Just get it into that bullseye. And uh, also at their detour, Dre says, This guy was busy? <laughs> Who was busy? Odin, I think it was. It might have been Thor. It was one of them. Oh, and he has all those kids. It's like, man,
0: it's like what? Imagine if they did this task in ancient Egypt, and they had Ramses as one of the storytellers. That family tree would be massive. Or if they go to the Mongol, like a Mongolian village, and it's uh, and it's uh, Genghis Khan. It's like, man, we really should have chosen the other side of this detour or knowing the Masonry's Canada's budget, they would just end up being stuck going to uh, Wilt Chamberlain's
1: house. I have no idea who that is.
0: Wilt Chamberlain is a really famous basketball player. I believe he was the first player to score 100 points in a game. and He's just a basketball legend. And He has the record, unconfirmed though, but he is known to have the record for sleeping with the most women out of anybody on the planet. Nobody's had more sex than he has. And they figured out um, that he has had sex so many times that we, he would have had to have sex every single day since, the, since he turned 15. Okay. And apparently, I read more into this, and the story, I guess, on how they determined this number was that him and a couple of buddies, I think this was right around when he retired or just after we retired, where they went out on some, like, one-week vacation to Hawaii. And they were, were going to see who could sleep with the most women in the span of one week, and they would do a tally mark after each woman they uh, slept with. You know, re- really noble stuff that they're doing here. Oh, yeah. and Saving lives. Saving lives. Well, well, depends if... Uh, or creating lives, more like it. Um, and I guess on the pace that Wilt Chamberlain was at by the end of the week, um, that's how they determined that number. And I don't think any of them were threesomes. It was, just, it was just one-on-one action, as they say. So there you go, Michael. Now you know who Will Chamberlain is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Will Chamberlain. Professional hall. Sorry, Hall. A gigolo
0: who could dribble that basketball like nobody else. He always shoots from beyond the arc. Which is kind of funny, because there's another really famous basketball player named Dr. J. They were like, it's like Will Chamberlain and Dr. J are considered like the two most legendary basketball players of all time. No joke. Okay, so, Karen and Bert really love dressing up in costumes. They like to choose a tree that lost a yonder.
1: Yeah, they, they mention it every single time. They just love dressing up.
0: They love roleplay. And uh, when Adam does the family tree task, he looks very serious. He's very intense at most of these challenges. Have you noticed that?
1: I have. It's, uh, it's the new, new running joke of intense Adam.
0: Just as intense as Andrea firing an arrow into a target. And Kevin and Ryan struggle with paddling. These guys, you know, do so many adventure sports in the water, yet they have to pretend that the boat is a canoe.
1: They have no idea how to row a boat. Just like how they have no idea how to not get a season rigged for them, or have no idea how to actually tell jokes. And Sam and Paul are laughing at them. And that is rude.
0: Oh yeah, when Andrew does the bow and arrow task too, she has this really suggestive exhale after each attempt. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I don't want to pull the trigger on a face cream clip just yet, especially for such a terrible episode to talk about.
0: Especially when Corey does his grunting when urinating, and they show the grunt multiple times.
1: <laughs> We're getting close to a face screen clip, I think.
0: You just have to mix it in with Corey and Andrea.
1: And Andrea makes so many
0: random sound effects, too, just holding onto words an extra two seconds too long. Did you notice that this round, too? That she's like, yeah! Or, uh, fire! I did not, but. But go back and watch this episode if you want to, just the, just for the Andrea clips. And she breaks out into. I think it happens a few times in the season two where I had down in my notes, but Andrea gets very cartoony with the way she talks. Interesting. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, and then Sam and Paul not only ridicule Kevin and Ryan, but they also ridicule uh, Ivana for her contribution to the paddling. And then Sam and Paul finish this detour so quickly
1: that they already find out it's a Canada 150 challenge. Right, seriously though, how on earth can this be a Canada 150 challenge? It's bowling. Because five pin bowling was invented in Canada. I know like the definition of a Canada 150 challenge has been very loose so far this season, but to try and claim bowling is something ridiculous that I didn't even think Amazing Race Canada had in them.
0: My prediction for Season 6 is that field hockey and lacrosse are probably going to be the next two 150 challenges, or two-on-two basketball, because we invented basketball, too, actually.
1: Seriously?
0: Yeah, we invented basketball, because there was, like, a, it's even part of the, we uh, have a series of clips called The Heritage Minute that was produced back in the 90s, but I think they still do the occasional one now, and one of them was of a guy who invented basketball i think he was also the guy who because originally i think somebody always had to retrieve the basketball from the hoop each time because it was it was just um the bat they still had the bottom on the basket on and then i think he came up with the idea of hmm maybe if we cut the hole out of the bottom of the basket that'll be a lot better and that's what he did which made basketball at that time only a game slightly slower than baseball
1: It's like, there is, it gets to a point with Amazing Race Canada where they just really are ridiculous, ridiculous people. (laughs) Like, I know we're both going to be watching Amazing Race Canada regardless of the fact, we're not podcasting about it, I'm putting my foot down now, but if they try and claim basketball is a 150 challenge, like, that's beyond a joke. 151 challenge.
0: (laughs) And I love how when Andrea and Adam are doing the detour how she has to explain to Adam that they are siblings
1: <laughs> what's a sibling? yes <laughs> it's like man do you guys just not know words? <laughs> where did they find these people from where they don't know what the word sibling is despite the fact they're racing with their sibling
0: yeah. but yeah she's like yeah they're siblings Just like we're siblings right Adam? it's like yeah I think Adam knows you guys are brother and sister I really hope
1: he does If we're not siblings, then this is gonna get really awkward really fast.
0: Yeah. Or just roommates for a really long amount of time, or somebody just found out they're adopted. This is when it's gonna get awkward. And then Kevin and Ryan finish the detour in third and find out that it's a double battle, and they wanna beat the boys. Which is somehow not a euphemism, especially after just putting on yellow raincoats.
1: Yellow raincoats are not gonna be a thing. Not when
0: Kevin and Ryan are your biggest endorsement of it. Or smallest endorsement, knowing them.
1: What you're saying is they're more like the general from Survivor Marquesas. cases?
0: Yes, very, yes, they, uh, little sausage.
1: And Odin proves to be definitely mean, if nothing else. What does Odin exactly say? He was just really abrupt with people. <laughs> it was kind of hilarious how mean he was. How the fuck do you not know your siblings? John, you snake motherfucker! (laughs)
0: No Kevin and Ryan, Johnny Mustard is not one of my descendants. Alright, let's stop, let's stop, let's stop there.
1: So yeah, it's a a double battle slash 150 challenge, and this is where I want to kill myself repeatedly. Uh, Teams must compete against each other in 5-pin bowling, the team with the highest score after 10 frames gets a clue, the losers face the next team, last team there faces a penalty. And you know the best thing about this? The fact that it was entirely pointless because everyone left in the order they arrived. Yeah. This is the first time we've had a a double battle where actually nothing changes. That's just sad. And apparently Adam had lots of bowling parties when he was a child.
0: Well, if you get further eastward in Canada, the weather sucks too much and you're bound to be stuck inside bowling a lot.
1: Yeah, I had bowling parties as a child. I never did. You probably had, like, fishing parties and water skiing parties or something. Party's at the
0: beach, that's for sure. Actually, that's what I did this year.
1: I know it is. What we need to do for for your birthday next year is get you to meet Alan Wu in Singapore or something.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah.
1: I am hoping that JK arranges something when I'm in Singapore next year. (laughs) Just putting it out there, JK, if you are listening, 100% I will want to meet Alan Wu if he's around.
0: He'll probably make you have to do a stunt or something in order to meet Alan Wu.
1: As long as I don't have to drink the shots of whatever the hell Wu had to drink on uh, Fear Factor, I'll be fine. (laughs) How badly do you want to meet Alan?
0: <laughs> and you have to match his number. I can't remember what it was that Wu drank. It was a lot. It was it was definitely too much.
1: Yeah, at that point, I would start thinking, do I really want to meet Wu that much? The answer is almost certainly still yes. But and yeah, bowling is so boring that even on the first round, they just skip straight to the ninth frame.
0: Yeah, every time they do that, they show the first frame and uh a li- and a little bit of the final frame.
1: And that's it, because this is a really tedious double battle.
0: Like, the longest clip was either just, you know, a team getting a clutch shot with a strike at the end, or, Bert's, or Karen and Bert's infamous breakdancing, followed by three gutter balls when they had
1: the lead. They only had to knock down two pins, and they would have beaten Kevin and Ryan. They had one job to get Kevin and Ryan eliminated, and they let us down.
0: And then, oh yeah, and then uh, both and- a- Andrea and Ebony... Did the granny style of bowling.
1: Yes, they did. And once teams complete the double battle, it's a roadblock, which is who's da bomb? Which I'm pretty sure that Amazing Race Canada has used before.
0: Oh, um, before we get to that, um, Andrea mocked Adam pretty good at the double battle. When Adam's like, yeah, I love bowling. And then uh, he gets a couple of gutter balls, and then Andrea's like, say, or Andrea says, he loves bowling, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's good at it.
1: It's like, oh, snap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a sister burn.
1: And yeah, it's a roadblock, which is who's da bomb? And in this roadblock, one team member must uh, memorize 12 jokes from a list of 50 and perform them to a crowd to get their next clue. If they don't get the next clue, they instead get pelted with rotten fruit because it's Newfoundland.
0: Yes. And this ult- the double battle ultimately makes the speed bump pointless, just like it usually is, unless you're uh, Reed and the vet. And Andrew and Ebony get to catch up to the double battle and are guaranteed a 50-50 shot at not being last by the end of the task. If there wasn't that double battle, and the, and if there wasn't that speed bump either, I bet they would be in a worse position than they are at this moment.
1: Well, yeah, because he had to self-drive, and they're notoriously bad at self-driving.
0: And how full was Corey's bladder there during the detour task?
1: I know, it took forever.
0: Yeah, like, I'm worried, I think Corey needs to get himself tested for either an enlarged prostate or diabetes
1: or something, because nobody should be urinating that much, or for that long. I mean, it says it all that Amazing Race Canada chose to show us literally every minuscule second of him pissing. (laughs) They should have a
0: timer going on the side.
1: Last week they showed us an extended view of a horse's arsehole. This week they showed us an extended view of Koru pissing. It's like, thanks guys, this is really what I want to watch.
0: Accompanied by the Serbian the Serbian dance squad in the process with me, was synchronized with music
1: and you know this ep- you knew this episode was going to be really bad when actually they didn't release a single press picture for it, and the press pictures that are currently on the website are actually screen grabs from the episode rather than the actual press pictures. Wow, poor Newfoundland And next week's press pictures look dreadful as well. Dean and Amanda need to pursue legal action. Thank
0: you Newfoundland and Labrador. And John Montgomery demonstrates the speed bump where he gets the he gets it on the first shot from what we see. I wonder if that's the rule with Monty is that his demonstration only makes the episode if he gets it on the first try. He's a one-take kind of guy. It's like the, do you know the Jay-Z challenge, Michael? No. Where I think Jay-Z offered $40,000 or whatever it was to somebody who could perform one of his songs or do some sort of task or stunt. I don't know too much about it, but it's you have to do some sort of ridiculous feat. And it all has to be done in one take. Without any editing. And then you get a bunch of money from Jay-Z. Or is it we call him in Canada, J Z. z
1: We call him J Z as well. Oh, yeah. He's actually currently over here as well. He's uh, performing at a festival today. Oh, cool. The, the guy I sit next to at work is, is at. Mm. Not jealous at all. And, yeah, it... Is Sam, Andrea, Kevin, Bert, Ivana, and Ebony doing this roadblock?
0: Monty tried his his hand at a stand-up comedy, and the audience did not like it. But the thing is, though, when Monty was being pelted by the audience, he had all the ingredients necessary to make a great Campbell soup. Mmm,
1: good. And, fun fact, the crowd at uh, the comedy gig actually laughed more when seeing this episode, because of how bad it was, than at the actual races.
0: (laughs) Yes, and for them to laugh that much at the same jokes over and over, not just the same jokes, the same lame jokes, I I see three options really with the audience. Were they A, drunk, B, high, C, drunk and high? I'm going to go C, drunk and high. And the thing is is that Swirsky's um, had to stay open all night because everybody ended up passing out inside the comedy club. Oh, and Karen and Bert, you would think would have done better at the double battle and not choke at the very end, because they shook hands with a god. They did. They gave them god powers. And I like how Odin was unintentionally Edwin Starr when uh, Karen and Bert failed their first attempt at the task, because he just
1: screams, Do it again! Do it again, Liz! (laughs) Play it again, Sam! On the subject of Mike and Liz, they're actually proud that they're not out of the rank down yet.
0: Yes. Yes, they are. Go. We made it to the top 200, Liz. Apart from those
1: bastards, Joey and Megan, who are going to get u turned, Liz.
0: Oh, um, I think this might have been at the bowling task with uh, Andrea and Ebony. It's got to be Andrea because, oh yeah, they did the paddling task. That's right. So when An- Andrea and Ebony are paddling, Andrea said, put your back into it. And I was really hoping that she would complete the phrase and say, put your back into it like a grandma would do it.
1: Or you can do it, put your ass into it.
0: That was last week's lyrics, Michael. This is, you know, they moved on from jokes about a horse's anus to uh, lyrics by Big Boy and Andre 3000.
1: And if we were on the race, who would have done this roadblock? Me? Correct, you would have. As a self-described comedian, you would have had to do this roadblock. Yes. Because we would have opened it and gone, yeah, that's totally you.
0: I wouldn't have gone, like, Michael Richards extreme, but if I had failed on my first attempt... I would have just sworn at the audience as much as possible and make fun of Newfoundland as possible. Or if I knew I was going to screw it up, I probably would have ad-libbed it with my own jokes that insulted Newfoundland. And I probably would have thrown the fruits and vegetables, some of it back at the audience, and then also eaten some of the vegetables that they were coming at me because I'm a vegetarian. But I would have been like, oh, yeah, you're... Uh, you, I was expecting to be th- have cheesecake thrown at me. Or let's see. Oh man, uh, this is the most attention anybody's received in Newfoundland since since Dane and Amanda were on The Amazing Race. Or it's like, yeah, too bad nobody's watching this episode. Or uh, what else? It's got to be better insults.
1: I think the reason they probably gave them a list is because most of these racers would have come up with dirty answers. Yes,
0: <laughs>
1: and that's not the sort of task you can show on TV. <laughs> Officially, I mean, they did show a lot of a horse's arsehole last week, so anything goes. And uh, there is really not a lot to say about this task. Let's be honest. Holy guacamole! Or in Ebony's case, guacamole. Whole guacamole. <laughs> did she
0: lose if she mispronounces the word? I'm not sure. And then I was like, "What's an or?" There was no funny jokes in there. It's like I remember, like a woman's heart heart beats faster than a man's heart. Because we're more prone to heart attacks? Heart disease? Or oh, this was the best part about the whole task when uh was it? I think it was Andrea, where she had to tell the joke saying, Oh man, you know oh, you know there's all these studies about uh you know about how bad all the uh, heart disease is, and you know what uh and you know what causes it? Talk constantly talking about these studies. I think it was Ivana who had to say that joke actually. And then I kid you not. They cut to somebody in the audience who was extremely overweight and looked kind of of like John Goodman. That was who they panned to, thinking, oh, man, the funniest part of the task wasn't even any of the jokes. It was just the unintentional editing to a fat guy in the audience while talking about heart disease and obesity.
1: What about the, the stop sign when Bert was practicing outside? What about that? When Bert was practicing outside and told a terrible joke, they just panned over to a stop sign. Just stop? <laughs> yeah, did you not spot that?
0: I remember reading about it online, but I didn't put two and two together.
1: Yeah, it was one of the uh, the best bits of the episode, which, <laughs> to be fair, isn't saying much.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of Karen and Bert, what was with the Jamaican music playing while they were breakdancing at the bowling task? I have no idea. That was a very random soundtrack. Or the fact that... Uh, one of the teams got the cowboy music theme when they got their message from home. Oh, and then of course Kevin and Ryan go really over the top with saying that Kevin is the bomb. Which is very fitting because Kevin did bomb during the comedy act.
1: But at least Sam gave us the, the mantra of the podcast.
0: It <laughs> yeah. was my favorite quote about the whole thing. He said, There's fifty there was fifty jokes in here and all of them are duds. It's like, man, he just described RTV warriors in one sentence. We've got our log line. Yeah, he he definitely listened to
1: last week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the one preview you gave me of the episode before I watched it because I didn't watch it till Thursday. Was you just gonna love one line in the in the comedy task? <laughs> and um, yes, Sam and Paul leaving first, and they have to now find the Captain James cut lookout. The pit stop for this leg of the race. The last teams check in may be eliminated.
0: Yep. And somebody dresses up as Captain James Cook.
1: And uh, they win a trip back to Newfoundland to Rio. What? Because you never le- need to leave the country again. They're going to Rio, Newfoundland.
0: <laughs> Sam and Paul managed to dodge both the Chicago trip and the five-city Canada trip. They've won the 15-day trip to China and now a trip to Rio. They, they, they definitely lucked out this season. They got the two best prizes in seven
1: episodes. They are officially jammy bastards. Yes.
0: Oh, and uh, Andrea accidentally quotes Last Comic Standing when her and Sam were studying the jokes because she said the exact words, "I know I'm funnier than Sam," which is how what, what the how they cast their vote in the uh, in the early seasons of Last Comic Standing is they go into a booth and then they say, "I know I'm funnier th- funnier than," and then whoever they vote for The person that receives the highest number of votes goes into the duel, and then that person picks somebody to duel in a stand-up comedy act.
1: And um, Kevin leaves second, which means him and Ryan checking in second, and then it's Adam and Andrea in third, Karen and Bert in fourth, Corey Nirvana in fifth, and Andrea and Ebony in last, and they are eliminated from the race.
0: Wow, you just skipped over a whole page of my notes.
1: (laughs) That's because I have nothing left to say about this episode. (laughs)
0: Let's see... Oh, yeah, I will, I will wrote down, like, why is the audience laughing? Why are they playing Seinfeld music while people are doing their stand-up act? I think Seinfeld Jerry Seinfeld would feel pretty insulted. Oh, after Sam gets his clue, Pam's, or not Pam, Paul says, That was the best thing I have ever seen. Really? Repeated jokes? Repeated lame jokes arranged by production at a Newfoundland comedy club performed by your, uh, performed by your partner, it was the best thing you've ever seen? Not, you know, the Great Wall of China, or some of those temples in Bangkok? You had to go with a stand-up comedy act at a small comedy club in a small Newfoundland town?
1: I <laughs> would you just love someone to, to go off and go, What's the thing about airline food? Do people actually use those
0: razors on the plane? How do you get the peanuts out of the bag? And Kevin said that the jokes were all dad jokes, so it makes you wonder, how many of those jokes were written by LOL? I'm going to guess, 50. All 50 of them. Something he does when he's not cycling, and then production's like, just just give us your best material, LOL, come on, we need ideas. I wish they would have asked us for jokes. <laughs> it would have been 49 of them, probably would have been about Shala and Nabila.
1: I know exactly why they didn't ask us for, for jokes, because it would have been like, James Duffy is so useless. Yes, it would have been all, and then the, the 50th would have been about James Duffy. And um, they have now opened the, the hashtag for, uh, for us to send in, or to spam them with stupid questions as well.
0: Oh yeah, after the race hashtag. So any listeners out there, come up with the most inappropriate questions you can ask the racers, and remember to use the hashtag, after the race.
1: I've got a great one uh, that I've thought of, but I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to tweet it out after the podcast. Okay, they are so not going to use this question.
0: I'm surprised that Bert didn't get the jokes on this first attempt because I've seen clips of him performing a, a slam poetry, which is kind of a similar style to how he performs stand-up comedy. And even when he was uh, rehearsing, he was trying to turn it into. Uh, into to slam poetry a bit with just the rhythm and the pacing of how he was performing it and rehearsing it.
1: So he should have left in first, really.
0: Yeah. Somehow, Rod Kevin was allowed to leave. I was amused uh, that Bert was using a stool to protect himself from the fruit and vegetables, and then Kevin was just protecting his crotch. Oh, and then Bert's, of course, uh, Gerald Ford-esque uh, walk onto the stage by blatantly tripping on his way up there. Which is probably, and incidentally enough, most of the audience was tripping too uh, while watching these uh, stand-up acts. Let's see. Oh, yeah, I wrote down that Andrea made more cartoon faces during the as they approached the comedy task. And Andrea and Ebony could have had a much better strategy at the double battle with the bowling. Because I think, at least Ebony was, maybe both of them were doing the granny style of bowling. And I think what they should have done... Is just bowl. If you're the last two teams, just bowl as fast as you can. Because then you can catch up to the other teams a lot faster. Because if the final match is the slowest match, then you're the two teams that are going to be at most most at risk of being eliminated. Which is why Ebony only got that one attempt to try and uh, beat uh, Ivana at the roadblock.
1: Either that or just try and deliberately put off your opponents. It's like, oh, oh, you missed again.
0: Actually. Here's what the double battle strategy would be. If you're the last two teams, go as fast as you can, because you don't know whether you're going to be the last team or not at the task and get the 15-minute penalty. But if you're the second-to-last battle, I would go as slow as I possibly can. Really? Yeah, because then that team is going to be that much uh, further behind you, especially if they get the penalty too. Actually, no. No, that wouldn't work out. Never mind. You could be self-sabotaging, though. Self-sabotaging, exactly. So, yeah. So the only strategy really to work out is that if you're the the last two teams to just go as fast as you can in bowling and make it, instead of making it probably what would have been a 20-minute match is what I'm guessing, Yeah. and turn it into a five-minute match where everyone's just going rapid-fire one after the other, unless the technology at the bowling alley is so slow uh, because of how faulty the technology is to reset the pins.
1: Or maybe you just uh, throw it like a baseball. That would break
0: the lanes, it would pro- <laughs> you may or may not get sued for that. Or just fall to at, in every shot. Just always step over the line and be like, oh, oh, no, that's a zero. That's a zero. That's a zero. And also with the... This was a funny complaint to read online. I guess uh, a local tried to go to the same bowling alley, but you have to leave your credit card number with them or something. What? Yeah, that's what somebody said about the bowling alley. They said, oh, I tried to go there, but they wanted my credit card number. I don't know if we're a reservation for a party or something. I don't know but yeah. And then that's why they didn't go. I have it I have the complaint screen cap. Till, I'll send it to you afterwards, but I'm pretty sure that they were saying something about having to leave a credit card number with them and they didn't want to do that.
1: Yeah, this is weird.
0: Or uh, or just their credit card with them in general. I don't know. As like collateral? Oh. <laughs> this was kind of funny. Um, cuz all the teams check in and like and Karen and Bert have a pretty cool check into the pit stop because Bert uh, imitates the the robot from the Chappelle show, just breaking out into robot dance moves. And then the last two teams at the roadblock. This is the last thing we get to see of this glorious episode is it's Ivana versus Ebony and a rehearsed and repeated stand-up comedy act.
1: Isn't rehearsed and repeated the tagline of Amazing Race Canada? (laughs) Yes.
0: Vancouver four times. (laughs) And then Ivana, of course, when Ivana completes the stand-up uh, comedy, I think Corey may, when he picked uh, Ivana up, I think he may have unintentionally slapped her on the butt before he set her down. And it's a really quick shot, but I'm like, oh, I, I guess they're pretty good friends.
1: Who doesn't slap people on the butt when they pick them up?
0: That's true, it's, you know, you know, just people do that in general who are friendly with each other. No, nothing wrong with that, unless the other person you know is not cool with that.
1: Nothing wrong with a little ass slamming.
0: Well, not like that. that is a whole different level and i think that takes it from friendship to uh romantic partnership i think and then of course cory and ivana make it there in fifth place and cory's like oh the suspense bro and then they say they don't want to fight for last anymore which are they not going to fight for last anymore we don't know and uh at the start of this episode i forgot about this but uh when cory and ivana open up the clue to newfoundland I don't know why Corey shouted this, but he's but he says respected, which I have no idea how that fits into the context of Newfoundland. New he like like res- he was said respected, which was awesome. I've never seen anybody react to the first clue like that before. I'm thinking, yeah, I guess Newfoundland is respected a little bit. Ish. <laughs> they were the last to join us. Well, in terms of the provinces, the, ter- the new Nunavut uh, has them beat by about fifty years. But you get the idea. Um... And for the second episode in a row, we do not even get to be shown Andrew and Ebony completing the final task. Two episodes in a row. They must have been quite far behind. Well, I mean, at the end of Last Leg, they weren't that far behind. It was less than an hour. It was less than an hour behind, uh, who was fifth last leg? Karen and Bert? No, Kevin and Ryan. And then this leg, I guess because this is the thing. It's another episode where there is a lot of tasks crammed into it. Because last week we had two active route infos, the detour, the roadblock, and then the U-turn, so it was an additional task on top of that. This episode we get the special clue route info, then the clue at the national park, and then the detour, the speed bump, the double battle, and the roadblock.
1: It's quantity over quality.
0: Yeah. Which is why a lot of the tasks, it's tough to get too many notes down because it's essentially highlights. Yeah. Which I mean, Super Survivor, and amazing race, is essentially a collection of highlights. But when you have that many tasks in an episode, that's if you exclude the opening theme and uh, and the previously on segment, the next time segment, that's you've barely got 40 minutes to work with. And that's why you have things of that's why you have such cases as Andrew and Ebony not even shown completing the final task for two episodes. Which I think that may become a regular occurrence because it's an ideal way to cut down on time. Where you, if you need to make the necessary cut, I guess you may as well do it for the team that, for the team that you know for sure is going to finish in last place. And the only the only time when you really need to show that is if they somehow pass the second to last place team on the way to the pit stop.
1: Yeah, it it sort of removes the suspense. So that's the problem.
0: But most of the time, it's it's not really that suspenseful to begin with. It takes a hell of a lot of it's only like one percent of the time that the team who finishes a task in last beats a team that's that was second to last. It's, it's 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 amazing when it happens to see the last place team pass the second to last place team on the way to the pit stop. But it's so rare that nobody truly thinks it ever happens anymore. I think it was, well, even well this season only happened the once, but that's because the three teams left the pit stop in an essential tie for last place. And Let's see. We get the the French, the the Quebecois goodbye as Ebony says half of her final words in uh, in French. Any words to say about Andrea and Ebony?
1: Uh, I
0: like them, but they weren't great. In terms of this season, they were definitely in that top tier of teams to watch with their unintentional comedy almost every round. But if it was say another season with another cast, I think they would have been near the bottom in our rankings. I think. 100%. But this season, they, they were that breath of fair fresh air right from quitting the very first task of the season, which fans are still angry about over a month and a half later. And incidentally enough, the only team that's quit a task this season, which is unusual for Amazing Race Canada, but it's an unusual season because even the hardcore fans who absolutely love every single moment of Amazing Race Canada, so there's this one guy, I think Tom Baker, who's probably one of the biggest fans I've come across online, and even he's uh, he's uh, said that the tasks this season have been too easy, and everyone's been getting through them fine.
1: Yeah, there, there hasn't been a massive amount of difficult tasks, I guess.
0: Which is, I think, another one of the problems with this season as to why it's felt like it's gone on for so long is because that difficulty has not really it hasn't gone up. It there isn't been that there hasn't been that moment that makes you go wow this whole season so far or that just takes it to that next level where you feel like you're reaching the conclusion of the season. It's just been a flat line from the start.
1: I mean, I know I was reluctant to cover the season anyway, but the fact of the matter is, it's been really flat all season. The casting isn't as good as it has been in previous years. And, like, Andrew and Ebony are a great example of this, because they are the epitome of the Quebecois stereotype, basically, in terms of Amazing Race Canada. They're the sort of Quebecois team that will always get cast but those around them are just a little bit too flat for my liking. Yeah. The tasks have been uninspiring, and we're not doing another Amazing Race Canada that's supposed to be good and fun, because I've said all I need to say about how dreadful this season's been.
0: Unless we get the miracle of it going full international next season, or majority international.
1: But it won't. That's the thing. I I would put money on Amazing Race Canada and not going all international.
0: Would <laughs> you put down
1: 10 Croatian Kuna, Michael? How many was it you gave <laughs> me? I think it was five,
0: actually. Let me have a five look. Five Croatian Kuna? What have you done with the Croatian Kuna?
1: No, it, it is actually 10, you're right. So, um, yes, yeah, so I, I would put the 10 Croatian Kuna that is currently in my money box on Amazing Race Canada not going full international next season. I will personally give you 10 Croatian Kuna back if they go full international.
0: That's cool, because I might, might go to Croatia for a few months.
1: Yeah, the problem is you'll have to come and visit me to get it, but...
0: Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to mail it?
1: No. <laughs> it's not that, it'll cost money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Probably cost some more to mail it than the 10 Croatian Kuna itself.
1: Exactly, because the 10 Croatian Kuna is only about four quid, wasn't it? We worked it out as.
0: I think it was two quid.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Let's see. Okay,
0: so we serenaded Andrew and Ebony. Next time we get our, what I assume is going to be our final international leg of the season with Panama City, where we get a punch-drunk detour and a punch-drunk task, and... Lots of colours. It's a very colourful leg, and presumably a non-elimination leg.
1: Well, one of the next two's got to be non-elimination, hasn't it? Yeah, but they haven't done a non-elimination at Final Four since Season 1. I know, but this season sort of deserves a Final Four non-elimination, I think, given how terrible it's been.
0: But that Final Four non-elimination in Season 1 was one of, if not probably one of the worst episodes in the series' history.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. This this season has been that terrible, I would not put it past them to do a Final Four nine of them. And,
0: yeah. So, predictions for next leg. I think Corey and Ivana may pull out a surprise first-place finish, considering their last confessional was that they don't want to fight for last anymore. And I think... Who's going to finish the last next leg? Who's going to be saved by uh, the final non-elimination? Because it can't be Andrea and Ebony, uh, sadly enough. Which is why I want them to survive this leg, just so they could hit all three non-eliminations. So I'm gonna say, I think, I think the previews won't mislead us, and that Karen and Bert will come in last and be saved by the non-elimination.
1: I think we'll probably see a, um, a Karen and Bert last place, whether it's an elimination or a non-elimination, I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've nothing else to say about this leg.
0: <laughs> Neither do I. All right, so let's end the podcast here. Yeah, that's it for RTV Warriors this week. I'm Logan Saunders. You can follow me at log_supikuwaki, and you can follow Michael Harmstone at MJ
1: Harmstone. Yep, yeah, and please, God, can we have a better leg next week? I think we will. In fact, I think we will by default. All right, so just chill till
0: the next episode. See you later. Holy guacamole!